All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings here with Jacob Kamaker. And what's that? We have a third person today. Uh, oh, shoot. Jonathan, I never asked you. How do you pronounce your last name? It's Ig, and thank you for asking. All right. Get it wrong. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm terrible with last names. Ken Johansson can back me up on that because I have to ask him every time, <laughs> literally every time he's on. So, uh, Jonathan Ig, good to have you on. He's been a contributor for us for a while, and uh, he's here today to talk about the Redskins receiving core and uh, some updates that have kind of happened there uh, with Kelvin Harmon's injury. Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Ian. Thank you for uh, having me on. I've liked listening to you guys, so uh, I'll try not to mess it up too much. Yeah, I've been told that we have radiogenic voices by by my mother, so that's not, she's a little biased, but uh, you know, what can you do about that? So we will get into the discussion, uh, but first we are going to give you a quick word from our sponsors, so sit back and have a listen. And we're back. Jacob, I didn't ask how you were doing. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. It's like 11.30 and I've already been up for four hours, which if you know me well is a massive anomaly. So uh, kicking back, ready to talk some receivers and uh, have some fun on this uh, special three-man booth. Man, I cannot relate to you, man. I I get up at like six o'clock for no reason every day. I don't know why. I just cannot sleep in past like seven. It's so weird. Dude, I swear I am sometimes up till six o'clock. So it it works out Late night news, I got it. Early morning news, you got it. It's exactly. Great. It's the perfect tag team. I like it. All right, but um, right now, we're recording a podcast. It's actually pretty early. This is the earliest we've done it, but uh, we're, we're preparing for some bigger news here. So while we're waiting for that, we're talking the receivers. Jonathan, some relatively big roster news occurred earlier this week. Uh, Kelvin Harmon, the team's sixth-round pick last year, and uh, he, he showed some promise down the stretch for the Redskins. He started to catch fire late in the year, showed some reliability on the boundary, and then a couple days ago, it was revealed that he tore his ACL and he's going to be out for the year. And in addition to Harmon, I mean, they already had Emmanuel Hall, who was he's a tremendous athlete. And he was viewed by many as a as a dark horse to kind of take a roster spot because of his upside. Additionally, he tore his Achilles. So it was already an uncertain position group. Uh, coming into this and now it's kind of only compounded that with some injuries that have occurred uh what are you thinking about these changes especially with Harmon? because i feel like he was a guy who generally people thought he was a lock to make the roster uh as a as at the very least a backup in your piece on the redskins receivers you did say he was a contender for the starting x position so how does his injury impact the position group overall well i think there are two ways of looking at it i mean you can you know be a Glass half empty or glass half full kind of kind of guy, and I'm more of a glass half empty. But I'll start with that. He was the starter, you know. I mean, I had I was high on Cody Latimer when they signed him, but Cody Latimer is no great uh, option either. And the more that things progressed, the more it became fairly apparent that Harmon was probably going to walk in day one as the starter. And when you lose a starting receiver. It's never good when you lose a starting receiver on a team that already is suffering and is pretty thin at receiver. It's extra bad. And when you lose a starting receiver, when you've already lost the dark horse guy who you thought might be, you know, challenging him in Emmanuel Hall, that's you know, doubly extra bad. So, yeah. you know, there's no way that this is a good thing. But if you want to be more optimistic about it, I mean, Harmon caught like 30 balls last year, maybe 35. I don't remember either. And the drop off between Kelvin Harmon and Latimer or, you know, Antonio Gandy-Golden or whoever emerges, it's not that great. I think they will be able to replace the production that, that Harmon would have given them. 
it's not as if they had lost Stephen Sims, which would have been more difficult to replace, and it's not as if they lost Terry McLaurin, who would have been impossible to replace. So, you know, I, I think it depends on whether you're an optimist or a pessimist. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I remember some fans, you know, after Kelvin Harmon kind of caught fire later in the year, you, you'll see fans on Twitter going like, oh, baby Julio, like he's coming out in year two, a thousand yards or whatever. Uh, you know, fans have a way of doing that, sensationalizing things. You know, you can look at it like that for sure. He was going to potentially improve in year two, but at the same time, there was going to be uncertainty either way. So it comes with the territory. So you mentioned Cody Latimer. I wanted to ask just real quick, and then we'll we'll get to Jacob because I'm sure he has some stuff to say. But Cody Latimer, uh, you wrote your receivers piece on like May 13th or something. I was looking up the dates. And then three days later, Cody Latimer gets like this assault allegation thing, which not a lot of concrete details there and we don't really know how it's impacted him to this point so anything we say is just speculation but what because i know you listed him as your initial starter how do you think this affects him i mean because it seems like he hasn't been released yet so maybe he he'll have a chance to kind of reaffirm his trust in ron rivera uh moving forward but i mean how what's his outlook to you because i feel like you can go a lot of different directions with that one yeah um you know, for a guy who's never suited up for the team, he's been on quite a roller coaster ride in just like two months. Um, you know, from from being a a guy who you know, came in with with I think some promise. There's some people who would tell you Cody Latimer's done and it's just a worthless signing because he's been a big disappointment coming in as a number two draft pick, second round draft pick, and um, he's never really produced. But you know, we get to see him more the last couple of years because he played on the Giants. Um, and I actually thought he showed flashes of what he had, you know, been like um, at Indiana in college. And, uh, you know, so I was looking forward to seeing what he could do. And I figured with the abbreviated preseason that there was a decent chance a veteran guy might come in a step ahead of other guys, which yeah. is why I thought he might be a, a day one starter. And then, as you said, you know, he suffers a little legal setback. And we all thought, well, you know, you're not that good. Um, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna invest too much in a guy who's going to be a problem. So it's like he went from being probably, I thought, a roster lock at the beginning and maybe a potential starter to, yeah, he's gonna get cut. But then he didn't get cut. And as you know, I think one of you guys wrote that that says something. They didn't walk away from him immediately, and none of us know what his legal situation is. So it is all speculation. But with the, um, with Harmon and Hall gone now, you know, somebody's going to line up outside um, opposite Terry McLaurin this year, and it's looking like right now it's either going to be the rookie, you know, uh, Gandy Golden, yeah. or it's going to be Cody Latimer. So, you know, I think he's back to being, unless the legal thing is worse than we think, I think he's back to being a roster lock. And, um, yeah, he could be lining up day one as a starter. Yeah, yeah, we will see. I mean, the, the signing of Latimer was notable from the start because, I mean, you look at the ages of all these Redskins receivers, I think he's the only one above 25 years old, and he's like 27. So yeah. right there, he has a lot. You know, he, he has that experience that the other guys just don't have, and that that's notable for sure, especially, like you said, when you have a shortened preseason or maybe not even a preseason, uh, which might be the case now, but... um. Now with his legal issues, which I, I can't remember the details. It's been a while since we wrote about him, but there was an assault allegation, but then maybe it was incited by something. So I, I don't really know, but uh, we, we'll have to go back to the files for that one. But uh, basically it clouded his outlook. And if Harmon was still there, I would say probably, you know, that gives Harmon an edge over him if he has that uncertainty. But uh, 
kind of cancels it out. So I don't know, Jacob, what you got for him? Yeah, I think you're you're dead on about Cody Latimer, Jonathan. I, I think that that point is I, I think he's probably making the roster because of his veteran experience. If they had wanted to cut him because of the assault charges, they already probably would have done it. Um, uh, you know, there's still stuff maybe that we haven't seen come out yet, but uh, we'll be keeping a close eye on that for sure. But the point with Latimer is, I mean. Every receiver in the Redskins receiving core has only been in the league for three years or fewer, aside from Latimer, which is a mind-blowing statistic. I mean, you guys brought up the age point, too. So, like, this is a very young group, so there's a ton of upside, but they may need some veteran leader. Whether or not that's Latimer, we'll find out. But I think the Harmon the Harmon injury definitely hurts the team because he showed good chemistry with Dwayne Haskins. I think the positive, though, is Antonio Gandy-Golden profiles is a very similar player to Kelvin Harmon. Uh, they both have similar skill sets. They're bigger. They're good at jump balls. Um, they're, uh, they're good at contested catches, kind of the classic number two possession receiver archetype. Um, neither is particularly fast. They actually both ran four sixes at the combine on the nose. Um, so they have some issues uh, separating. So I think Antonio Gandy-Golden can do a lot of what Kelvin Harmon did. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not he can get on the field early enough in his rookie season to uh, make that happen. But I- I'm confident in Gandy Golden. I don't know if he's going to start the year as the starter. Like Latimer could fill in if he's not quite ready. But I-, I think the opportunity is there for Gandy Golden to make a nice connection with Dwayne Haskins and kind of just uh, add another good piece to this young receiving core because – at this point in time, I think the big thing with the receivers is they just need to develop the young guys they have, um, see what they can turn into. And, you know, if someone out there is available for cheap that may uh, upgrade their unit, they should target them. But those players should also only be the young kind of guys with upside or, you know, guys that might need a change of scenery. So if they can get those types of players in, maybe add them for extra depth. But aside from that, I think they'll still be okay in the starting lineup. What I'm most worried about is – like beyond uh, Gandy Golden and Cody Latimer, outside of that top four, nothing is settled. Well, yeah. especially if um, if, McClure, if anything happens to McLaurin, that they don't have a guy who can run the routes McLaurin can run. Yeah. Um, I mean, they just you know pretty much everybody else. And I think the one exception to that, and we've seen very little of Darvin Kidsey, but he seems to be the only one who might be able to to actually line up where. McLaurin lines up and run those kind of routes, but nobody else in, on that team can do that. So, you know, if they lose him, then, you know, we, we can just like pack it up for a year, and come <laughs> back next year and revive this conversation when everybody hopefully will be healthy. Yeah. Yep, definitely. I mean, McLaurin's like the whole selling point for this entire group. I mean, you can say Steven Sims too, but I mean, again, we haven't seen a ton of him yet. Like he, we, we, we know he, flash and he he actually gained a consistent role down the stretch but McLaurin was by far the most consistent you know impact and I feel like it's easier to project his what he does next year as opposed to Sims so McLaurin is definitely kind of the guy where you really don't want to lose him because then yeah. it just yeah yeah I think they have other guys who can run the routes that Sims can run not as well as Sims can yeah Sims you know the difference between Sims and you know, we saw Trey Quinn. We haven't seen Jonathan Johnson yet, but you know they, they got other guys who can at least line up in the slot and run those passes. I, I just don't see anybody else on the roster who can run the routes McLaurin can run. So yeah, McLaurin is the technician through and through. I mean, it's crazy to watch like some of his like some of his routes against Darius Slay. I remember watching. He he really had a 
uh, very innate awareness for like blind spots and stuff like that, really quick around the edges and stuff. So it's tough to replace. Yeah, quick and fast, which yeah. is you know you don't you don't find that any strong enough to you know play off press coverage. So yeah. you know you just yeah. you don't find that every day. It's a it's you have to have a really a rare combination of traits. You know, like you can't just be fast. You got to be physical. You can't just be fast either. You have to be agile too, and you know just changing directions quick too. So he he's kind of got all of that, and it's very valuable. Um. On your roster, or on your on your article, you had McLaurin, obviously, Sims, obviously, and then Latimer, Gandy, Golden, and Harmon, and Quinn. Uh, so six receivers making the final 53. Uh, Harmon is out now, uh, so that kind of opens up a spot. And then Latimer, kind of uncertain, but like we've said, uh, the injury to Harmon probably gives him an edge now. Um, but there's still that open spot, that sixth spot. What would you imagine they do there? Because I know there are a lot of guys that we've mentioned. We've name-dropped Darvin Kitsy. He's one of my favorites. He's an elite athlete who's had a couple of years to kind of get the pace of the NFL down, even if he hasn't played a lot. Um, but then there are some undrafted free agents too, Isaiah Wright, uh, Jonathan Johnson. And, you know, also maybe they could kind of shift Antonio Gibson's role a little bit because we know he's a running back receiver hybrid. They could just keep that spot open, use it on someone else, and then play Gibson more often at receiver. So what would you choose to do if you were in this position, and what do you expect them to do maybe? Well, I, I think that um, – I don't know how much they value the, the, the positional kinds of things or how much they're just looking for playmakers. Yeah. So you know, I would think that either Trey Quinn or Jonathan Johnson makes the roster as a backup to, to Sims because they're, you know, the little quick guy coming out of the slot. Um, but if neither of those guys is really all that impressive, maybe neither of them makes the team. So, um, but yeah, I kind of agree with what you just said. You know, I, I thought about Gibson and everything we've seen and heard about Gibson suggests he's not an elite route runner. You know, yeah. if he's going to line up wide, he's going to have to go through a real learning curve to, to be able to get separation and run patterns from the outside. So I think that's an option, but they're going to have to see who else takes to that. Um, out of all the other guys, I, I really don't place a lot of um, – I don't have a lot of confidence in the, in the younger guys who have been around for a season or two who we've been able to see, like Way and BZ and, and Sim, Cam Sims. Yeah. Um, Kidsey is the one. He's he's the one out of all those guys who I think has the best chance if they're going to keep another outside receiver who's versatile. I think he can run routes from virtually any position on the field, and I think he's you know probably the one. I know Jacob had a, had a piece up about trade targets, and I have a couple of trade targets who I think they might um, be interested in, or I'm at least interested in, and they haven't <laughs> asked me yet, so maybe they're not. But um. I don't see anybody on the free agent market at this point. There's there's not a free agent out there who you're gonna, you know, feel all that confident bringing in. How do you feel but, about uh, Josh Gordon, real quick? I know everyone because like it was weird. There was the Instagram post the other day where Josh Gordon commented with the I emoji, and then Dwayne Haskins commented back on him. What are you feeling about that? Because I know everyone uh, is was going crazy for that for a while. Yeah, I think I'm more forgiving of Josh, Josh Gordon than a lot of the other people, if I can judge by the comments that I've seen on some things. I mean, I, I like to point out that, that if Josh Gordon was entering the league today, 75% of his troubles would not exist because yeah. he's mostly been dinged for marijuana possession. And, you know, seven years ago, we had a different opinion about what that means. And today, it, it, nobody would look twice yeah. at him. Now, the fact is, he had chances, and 
he knew what the rules were and he couldn't abide by the rules. So I, I, I'm not going to make great claims for Josh Gordon being able to, you know, straighten up and fly right. But um, if they were to take a chance on Josh Gordon, I would not um, throw my hands up in the air and say, what are they doing? Like I think some people would. Um, I just, you know, New England and Seattle both had him and decided to walk away from him. And, you know, that, I think that tells you something. He's a, obviously a talented guy, but you just don't know what, whether you can rely on him or not. And so I think there, there are other places they're going to turn before they look at Josh Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, what about these uh, trade targets you're talking about? We'll talk to you about it, and I, J- I know Jacob wrote an article about it too. So maybe you guys have some coinciding choices there, or maybe you guys are pitted against one another. So, so which is it? <laughs> do you want me to go first, or do you, Jacob, do you want to go first? Um, I can go first if you don't mind. So, like, the, Jacob's ready to take the mic back. Yeah. So, so my whole <laughs> thing about trading for a receiver, if you're going to trade for one, again, he has to fit kind of like the future of this team. You have to be taking a chance on someone who you'd be getting cheap. Um, that still has a lot of upside. So, my top four candidates, and you can read more about why I like these guys on Rigo's rag. Um, I had Dante Pettis. Uh, Curtis Samuel, Kiki Cutie, and uh, John Ross as the the four guys that I would target. Um, just a quick on Pettis. Uh, you know, he was a second-round pick in 2018. He's fallen out of favor in San Francisco. Still immensely talented. Could fit in as an inside-outside guy here and eventually emerge as a starter. Samuel has experience with uh, Rivera and Scott Turner from his time with the Panthers. He's a versatile weapon. Can play running back, receiver, kind of plays all over the field. So I, I like that fit there. Just add to their hyper-versatile weaponry they've added. Uh, Cutie would be a slot backup, so I'm not super high on him, but Bill O'Brien literally will trade. Uh, he could trade Kiki Cutie for a sandwich. It's possible <laughs> if he's hungry enough. So, you know, um, I, I think that's a sensible target. And Ross, you know, former first-round pick, sets to be a free agent, speedster, sets some good seasons, can't stay healthy. If you can get these guys cheap, take a shot on them. That's, that's my philosophy. But I'm interested to see if you have a – a different philosophy or if you want to target some more of the uh the well-known uh pieces out there and try to get a veteran into the receiving room the philosophy is the exact same i think you're right you, you can't there's nobody who, who's going to be available who you can get for um who's who's like an established guy who you can get for a price that you'd be willing to pay at this point at least i i can't see anybody um i actually agreed with i, I had you know one one of the guys who i was interested in just because his name has been out there a lot is Curtis Samuel. I just don't think he's really available. I mean, I, I don't know. I try to read some of the Carolina beat writers and I'm not sure why his name ever came up. It came up after they signed Robbie Anderson and the thought was, okay, they signed Robbie Anderson. Now they can part with Samuel, but that, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Those two guys are very different receivers and putting, you know, they got DJ Moore. They, now they have Robbie Anderson on the outside and putting Samuel in the slot is, I mean, I don't know why they would break that up. So I, I don't think he's actually available. Um, I do think that Ron Rivera, more than anybody, knows what his true value is. So if he were available, I assume Rivera would would know exactly the price he'd be willing to pay. And, and if he were to pull the trigger on something like that, I'd trust his judgment on whatever he gave up. Um, I had not thought of Pettis at all, and I think that's a great call because, um, you know, I don't know why he, he kind of disappeared in San Francisco. Two years ago, Marcus Goodwin disappeared in San Francisco because Pettis kind of t- came along, and 
And then last year, you know, Debo Samuel comes along and then Pettis is gone. So I'm not sure what's going on in San Francisco with their receivers, but he's a talented guy. The place I would look for trading is Denver. Denver had a very good young receiver in Cortland Sutton and then drafted in the first and second round receivers this year. So they took Jerry Judy. They took K.J. Hamler. That's their receiving court. They had a couple of guys who played last year who I thought were pretty good, who were pretty young, and I assume you could get pretty cheap because they don't really figure into Denver's plans. And the one I really like is a guy named Tim Patrick, Ooh. who is an enormous, tall guy for a six foot five guy, has pretty good speed, has always been a good special teams player, you know, does all those things that you want in a big receiver, really good with contested catches, um, is a more fluid runner than a guy like Cam Sims, so he can, you know, actually run routes where Sims I don't think really can. And I'm thinking um, a guy like uh, Tim Patrick might be uh, a valuable addition. I think he's 25, 26 years old. Um, and, you know, you're not going to find um, you're not going to find the next Julio in this. But if you can find a guy who can come in and be productive for you, it's probably worth it. You know, I love that you brought up the Denver Broncos receiving core. Because I'm looking at them right now, and man, they, they actually have a lot of potential candidates. Tim Patrick, I like. Uh, like you said, he's 26 years old, um, so he's and he's 6'5", so he's huge. And he flashed last year. I know who you like in this receiving core, too, Ian. There's another guy. Oh, oh, can you name him? Deshaun Hamilton. That's Deshaun, boy. Deshaun Hamilton, yeah. I'll admit, I'll admit, I think I was a little starstruck back in the 2018, 2019 draft cycle, whatever it was when I was hyping him up, but... Uh, yeah, Hamilton, I, I do like as a potential option. Jacob, thank you. Uh, he, from what I know, he's a pretty, he's a good route runner. You know, he hasn't really come to fruition in Denver, but that's exactly, you know, he might need to change the scenery. He might need an opportunity because now with Sutton, Judy, and Hamler there, he is absolutely buried. And so coming to Washington might be an opportunity for him to kind of get some, uh, to get some chances opposite McLaurin. That would be good. I also like Fred Brown. Uh, I was writing about Denver. I, I had to do a mock draft for them for PFN early in the offseason. And Fred Brown, I, I looked him up. He's a he's a really good athlete, too. And I think he's like 6'3", 200. So he's got good size, too. So a lot of interesting candidates in that receiving core. Uh, some really outside-the-box choices, guys. I like this. I like this for sure. I don't... Yeah, good good call, Jonathan, on Denver. Because they were not on my not on my radar. And I, I think you, you're onto something here. Yeah. Well, tell whoever is um, running things at um, whatever the team is called now. Um, I, yeah, I whatever it'll be. Call them, and I'm not sure who's in charge of player personnel anymore. Um, so, I think yeah, they they mixed it up a lot this past week. You know, um, who's the who's the guy who got hired yesterday? Was it Jeff Scott, Jacob? Yeah, Jeff Scott got a promotion. Um, he had been, I think, some sort of pro scout. And now he's running the pro personnel department. Okay. So, uh, We'll, we'll have to send this his way, see if he gets wind of the uh, situation in Denver to uh, try to either pull off a, uh, a nice little trade or uh, keep an eye on waivers if they're, uh, to get rid of any of those receivers. Yeah, it's like, hey, yeah, I think you're right about that. It's entirely possible some of those guys we just named um, aren't even going to make the Denver roster, so yeah. you may not even have to trade for them. And that's an interesting point because, like, what, let's say, just theoretically, if they were actually having these same conversations, like thinking about this, it's like, do we make a move for them now and maybe send a sixth or seventh over there? Or do we just wait and take the chance that they'll become available and we don't have to give up any draft assets? So that's interesting. I never thought about it like that. But um, right, I have at various points, but not at this moment. So 
that that is interesting for sure. And I, I have a feeling that maybe, you know, if they think this receiving situation is as dire as it looks, especially with Harmon gone, they might have some candidates they're lining up from various teams across the country. Like I know some other names that have come up, like Chris Conley from Jacksonville is one. And I'm blanking on any others, but, you know, every team you'll be able to find candidates where you might be able to trade for them and or you might be able to wait for them to get caught in that final preseason wave. And then you can kind of capitalize on that and kind of add them to the to the fold. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I really love all the candidates that we that we brought up. Denver obviously has a lot of guys. Um, Curtis Samuel, to me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I I remember him as kind of a Steven Sims type guy, you know, where he can line up in a bunch of different spots. I know he played running back occasionally at Ohio State and kind of moved around a lot, so he could be a, a versatile guy. And I know Scott Turner has repeatedly voiced his optimism about using guys like that, so maybe. But at the same time, Joe Brady, the new offensive coordinator for Carolina, has also talked about his excitement to use him. So I guess we'll see what happens there, but... um. Yeah, a lot of exciting uh, potential scenarios to think about. It's kind of it's interesting because when you have a receiving core like this in Washington, like aside from Terry McLaurin and Steven Sims, there's like basically nothing proven there, and it's it, you know it's kind of unstable. But at the same time, there's a lot of possibility, a lot of potential there. Whether you add a guy or whether you give a guy on the team a chance to flourish, so it's going to be interesting. But um. We are right, almost just think back to last year. Yeah. You know, if we were having this conversation, we might have been, you know, high on Terry McLaurin, thinking, well, yeah, McLaurin, third round draft pick, he, he hopefully he can step in and do something. I don't think any of us would have been all that high on Kelvin Harmon, and I don't know even know if we would have known who Stephen Sims Jr. was. We yeah, would have just you know, been calling him like that short guy named Sims as opposed to the tall guy named Sims. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, you know, there's a very good chance one of these guys, maybe it's an Isaiah Wright or, you know, Jonathan Johnson or, or, or somebody, you know, they got a chance. And um, hopefully, hopefully one or two of them will, will really emerge. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's going to be tough, you know, because like we said, the uh, the kind of truncated off season. you know, there might not be a preseason. The, the training camp workouts might be kind of limited in terms of what they can do. So it might not be an ideal off season for those guys to, to prove themselves, but um, anything can happen, you know, and I guess we'll have to see, but um, yeah, like you said, I mean, Steven Sims, a lot of people, I, I certainly was not talking about him at all. I kind of just, I, I feel, I always regret this because I kind of just looked at his pro day numbers and I was like, yeah, I don't think he's going to do anything. And then what do I know? You know, he comes out and he just tears the offense, you know, he tears the field apart. He's, he's, providing a, a big spark on offense and special teams. So you, you never truly know until it happens and you just kind of, you got to keep all possibilities on the table. So it's, it's going to be exciting. But before we go here, we are almost out of time. Jonathan, give me your final uh, receiving core prediction. Who, who's going to make the roster? Um, right now, the, uh, you know, the four who I think are pretty well locks again with the, caveat about Latimer's legal situation are, are uh, Latimer and Gandy Golden, McLaurin, and, and Sims. Um, I don't like just for the hell of it, like on the Jonathan Johnson bandwagon now, and I got off the Trey Quinn bandwagon, and maybe tomorrow I'll switch back. I, like I said, I think one of those guys makes it if you're pinning me down now. I'm going to say Jonathan Johnson because, you know, I've never seen him, and what you haven't seen is always more attractive than what you have seen. And, um, 
Um, I think if I had to say right now, I don't think you can count on a trade. I don't think there's a free agent, so I'll go Darvin Kinsey. I, I think they will keep a fifth, uh, sixth receiver. Okay. I don't think uh, Gibson is um, is a uh, proven enough outside threat to um, to just walk you know walk in with five receivers because one guy goes down, then you're really thin. Yeah. So I think Kinsey will be the sixth. Okay, cool, Jacob. Uh, we got a little bit of time left, so what you got? All right, I got McLaurin, I've got Latimer, I've got Sims, I've got um, Gandy Golden, I've got Jonathan Johnson too, I'm pretty big on his bandwagon as well. Uh, I'm going to mix things up a little bit though and go with another undrafted receiver, Isaiah Wright. Um, I just think because they signed so few undrafted free agents, the ones that they signed, they really like, so uh, we'll see what Isaiah Wright can do, but it's going to be an interesting uh battle for those fifth and sixth spots I, but i do think jonathan johnson from what i've watched has a little bit of stephen sims in him for sure two undrafted free agents as opposed to one okay we will see we will see i'm kind of in the same boat as you guys uh darvin kidsy for sure we'll kind of see what happens with the rest of them but then 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 you have four locks obviously assuming the latimer's situation checks out so we will see unfortunately we are out of time though guys so thank you as always for what uh not watching. Listening. I was about to say watching. What the heck? Okay. They wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, they would not want to do that. I'm 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 in my quarantine my quarantine hair um, makeover <laughs> thing right now. So yeah, I would not. They would not want to do that. But thank you for listening. Uh, and we will have more content out for you. I know there's some big news that's supposed to break soon uh, regarding the team and the and the front office and stuff like that. So all that juicy stuff. So we'll have some content for you. We'll probably have some more podcasts out in the coming weeks. Uh, so stay tuned here at Riggles Rag until the next time though. Peace out. Have a good night.